Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched episode 20 of season one, The Stranger. As always, we'll start off with a little synopsis. In the enchanted forest, the blue fairy turns Pinocchio into a real boy after he saves his father, Geppetto. But he'll only stay a real boy if he remains brave, truthful, and unselfish. Geppetto agrees to build the wardrobe to help Emma escape the curse, but only if Pinocchio can have one of the spots. When Snow gives birth early, Geppetto sends Pinocchio through anyway, telling him he must protect and guide Emma. But he doesn't. In Storybrooke, August tries to get Emma to believe. He tells her that he was the little boy who found her, and Henry's book is true. She doesn't believe him, even when he tries to show her that he's turning to wood. Realizing she doesn't have a strong case, Emma decides to take Henry away from Storybrooke. Roger, what do you think of this episode? I think it's a fine episode. I don't love the episodes that focus on the non-main cast a ton, and this kind of falls in that category, but I, I think it's an interesting piece of Emma's backstory that we get, so it's fine. There's a lot of good moments in this episode. It's not my favorite, but it's a fine episode. You? Agreed. Uh, there's a lot of exposition in this episode, necessarily so, and I think it was nice to finally kind of like tie together some of the pieces, like why why snow couldn't go through with the baby and why there's only one spot in the wardrobe actually there were two um we know that pinocchio took one and i think it was really satisfying to finally find out who august is i kind of wish this were a little bit earlier in the season mm -hmm. like i think it was a, a at this point we should be speeding towards the plot whereas like if this is episode 15 i think i'm fine with it but yeah at 20 it seemed like this was just a lot of talking and learning still a lot of talking and it I think it. I think it does some necessary work to set us up for the the final two episodes of the season, but yeah. And um, as you had said, Pinocchio is not one of my favorite Disney movies by any stretch of the imagination, and I didn't need to see more backstory Pinocchio. I just whatever. Also, the Pinocchio flashback is horrifying. Yeah, Pinocchio is really scary. They're running in the... So for, ignoring the fact that they're probably going to drown in the ocean. They're running from a killer whale. I mean, yeah, just... Okay. It's a sperm whale, actually. Cool. Great. Glad. It's trying to eat them. I know that. Mm. Who do you want to start with? Well, I want to start with what the episode starts with, which is, again, they're installing a lock to keep Regina out of their apartment. Rather than asking the mayor why she has skeleton keys to people's apartments and taking them away. Can they take them away? It's definitely illegal to have locks to other people's apartments. Regina has an obscene amount of power in this town that I'm not really sure what the legality of anything she does is. It's bad. Because it makes sense if Gold had these. It really doesn't make sense that Regina has these. And I guess they'd have to prove it, and she would probably just get rid of the keys that went to people's apartments, let's assume. Yeah, and I guess because we're assuming there's some sort of like magical skeleton key, even if they change their locks, that she'd still be able to get in. It's very confusing. Very confusing. That was just a small, small thing at the beginning of the episode that I couldn't stop thinking about with those skeleton keys. Yeah, I, I would love to get an answer for why it, like, Emma notices them a bunch of times. Like, even so far as when Graham's episode, she's like, huh, and she, like, picks them up and I think looks at them. Yeah. And then just kind of lets it go at that point. And then when Henry shows that these are keys to people's houses, she again sees how dangerous they are, but never really makes a huge point of it. Nope. Nope. Uh, do you want to start? I would love to start with Mary Margaret. Let's start with Mary Margaret, sure. 
I love how she stands up to Regina in this episode. Regina takes two L's in the span of like a minute, like super quickly. Where's Henry? He's with his mother. That is an all-time just deep cut right there. Well, and the... And I, I truly don't think that Mary Margaret was trying to fuck with Regina. I think it truly is who Mary Margaret is to apologize to someone and forgive them. The second time. Yes, the first the second, one was, no, that absolutely was definitely a that, Absolutely. But I, I think she truly meant it, that she, like, feels bad for Regina. Yeah. And that's, like, the opposite of what Regina wants to hear. She, Regina wants Snow White, or, sorry, Mary Margaret, to be miserable. And Mary Margaret just says... I forgive you. It's so sad that you think this will make you happy. It won't. I think it's much worse when someone that you see as an enemy isn't even willing to give you the satisfaction of fighting with you. Yeah. Like, she sees her with contempt and can't stand her, and basically she gets pity. Like, that is a slap down in a very tough and rough way. Big slap in the face. And then immediately following that, Henry shows up and gives her another slap in the face. Henry's got a set on him. Like, just the way that he stands up to who he believes is the evil queen and basically says, everyone's going to get their way. Good is going to win. The curse is going to be broken. Oh, and I'm not transferring classes. And storms off. I was like... He said it with such finality. He said it with his chest out. Like, do something... Like, for some reason, he is not afraid of her anymore, which, after Graham dies, he's terrified of her. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, he is just pivoting. He's like, nah. I think he... I mean, he's a smart kid. And I think he might realize that she's not going to hurt him. Okay, that's fair. But that doesn't mean that he won't hurt. She won't hurt other people to hurt like him. Emma. Regina also again gaslights Henry super bad in this conversation. I mean, she's already set up the foundation of this. She basically says just enough with this. She doesn't actually say you're wrong. She just says enough with this mm. already, which is very much the point of like. Even if it is true, I'm just tired of hearing it from you at this point. Yeah. Uh, can we, let's pivot to, and is there more you want to say about Mary Margaret? I think it's about what we get. Yeah, I think that's it. From a Regina standpoint, this is in the discussion for lowest of lows right now. Yeah. So Mary Margaret, the woman who was basically meek and cowardly and terrified of her, roast her openly to her face, gives her a well-deserved slap. Then her son, who for the most part, had acknowledged that his mom had a lot of power over her, basically says, I'm going to do whatever I want, deal with it, and walks away. And then on top of that, she comes up with a pretty decent plot, right? Like, if you wanted to make uh, Mary Margaret miserable, being with Charming would make her very miserable. And Prince Charming slash David Nolan, the man who's already had an affair, turns you down. And then she works for this. She, you know, engineers the car thing, which we know is fake. She uh, engineers Henry not being home. He's probably not home, but the note is obviously a lie because it's blank, as you said. And then after he eats dinner and does the dishes, she follows him, tells this fake story, and then tries to seduce him. And he's like, no, let's just be friends. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Pretty rough for Regina. And I don't... I, I she, she seems genuinely upset when he rebuffs her. But I think more like she's when she looks at herself in the mirror, I think she's like disgusted with herself. Uh, one, because it didn't work. Her plan did not work. And I would like to think that she feels a little bad about this approach. Roger does not think that she feels bad about this approach. 
I do. I remember the first time I watched this being like, what is wrong with David? Like, why is he being so nice to Regina? And in rewatching it several times, she actually is pretty nice to him. Like yeah. throughout the whole, she's his emergency contact. As far as he knows, she saved his life. Uh, she's not usually mean to him. She's never mean to him Mm-mm. in front of him. Right. <laughs> she's, she's always doing, even when, um, the only thing that he knows that she did is probably led her astray. Yeah. When the whole, when he goes meet Mary Margaret. But other than that, he's there. She, I think he's at her office talking to him about what's going on. Uh-huh. So, like, for the most part, she's been a friend to him the same way that Catherine thought Regina was being a friend. I actually think the mirror scene is that, like, I can't even seduce David Nolan. Mm. I have fallen so far that the man who was willing to cheat on his wife won't even sleep with me. Interesting. I think that's what bothered her more than anything. I, I also think that it... The I think Mary Margaret's line about you will have a hole in your heart is like sitting with her. She's sort of looking in the mirror and she can see it. Well, yeah, because it's it's falling apart mm-hmm. and everything she is trying is not working now. Like she's she's going to plan B. It's not working. She's going to plan C. It's not working. And so what's interesting is that like Mary Margaret still looks clearly miserable, but she's no longer afraid of Regina, which is part of what Regina enjoyed. She enjoyed having Mary Margaret just fear her. And now Mary Margaret's like, screw you. Like, she's looking her in the face and not seeing the evil queen. That's true. This is also the first time we see Regina's lasagna. Uh, Regina's lasagna is very famous, and we hear about it a lot. We do. <laughs> um, we, we've talked about this real quick. I still, I, before we got the stable boy, my theory was that Regina mm. had, was actually in love with Charming, and Snow, in her mind, stole her away. Which, when you see this episode now, we know that's not true in the past, but that would have been a very wild love triangle. Because it would have actually made more sense why she would have engineered the, David was with another woman, and you came in here and stole it, whereas then she saw herself as Catherine, as opposed to, we found out that it was just the stupid little girl Snow couldn't keep her mouth shut, because you don't trust ten-year-olds to do things. Should we pivot to the A plot of Storybrooke? Sure. So... August and Gold are sort of working together. He asked Mr. Gold for help. So I don't know that they're working together because we open with, um, I guess they call. Is there a phone call? August calls Mr. Gold and then they have a conversation. A conversation, though, that Gold engineers a very mean taunt. A justifiable taunt, in my opinion, but a mean taunt. Because he he pulls the clock out, and he had called Geppetto. I don't know what his name is, his curse name is. Marco. Marco, thank you. Um, Marco to come into the shop and fix it, and you see August just freeze. That was pretty pretty rude. Was it rude? Was it? (laughs) I mean... He did pretend to be his son. I feel like what goes around comes around. Okay, you want to pretend to be my son and and kind of break my heart? I'm going to show you your father's right out of your grasp. Like, I think that's tit for tat here. Also, very light gold to be, like, you tricked me and I figured out exactly how to hurt you at a pinpoint level. Yeah. I figured out exactly who you are because he reveals to him that I know who you are now. And then I figured out how it's going to hurt you. I also love when August says, trust me, and Gold says... That's really funny, given who you are and what your nature is. Trust is a big ask. Trust trust is a big ask. Now, here's a funny thing. Most of the time, Gold slash Rumpel does things just to kind of mock you. But he actually kind of helps August by showing that his father is here. Because he points out, for a man who's kind of on borrowed time, 
Why haven't you made right with your father? May all fathers be reunited with their sons. Yep. Yeah, he definitely has a soft spot for... <laughs> I can't say this without sounding creepy. He has a soft spot for little boys. <laughs> he has a soft spot for tortured sons. Yes, I think that's true. I think he's projecting a lot of the time. And I realize that we have said this many times on this podcast, and I am sorry. I believe this is the first time that we actually see that August is turning to wood. Yeah, I, you said that a couple times, and I was like, <laughs> did we see that? Or he does show... I mean, we, we saw, like, the pain and that he like something was going on, but I think this is the first time we actually see that he is turning we to wood. We see the wood for the first time. We know that he said he is sick in previous episodes, and if you deduced who he was, which would have been pretty hard, then you would have probably guessed what was happening to because him. Because we learned that he's Pinocchio because in this episode. Pinocchio, yep. And Henry finally figures it out, too. Because of the book, Because right? of the book. I don't know why it took him so long to find that there was another story in this book. Like, Henry's assumption was that someone had taken the book from the sheriff's office where they've been keeping it and added a story. But this happened before they even brought the book to the sheriff's office when it was taken from the castle. Like, that was a long time ago. I assumed that Henry has read this book so many times that he only references it when mm. someone comes to him. I and see. then obviously something looked different to him so he was reading it. That's the only thing I can think. Because he probably doesn't need to read these stories over and over again. That makes That makes a lot of sense. And then the other part of the A-plot is August sort of continuing this conversation that he's had with Mr. Gold. He's got to convince Emma that the curse is real. He thinks he can do it. And he takes her out to where she was found and tells her that he was the little boy that found her. Which she doesn't believe. She does not believe him. And he's able to convince her by telling her that she was found in a blanket with her name embroidered on it, which was not part of the news story. Yep. I think that was a good little detail. It was, why didn't he just lead with that? He didn't need to bring her out there to do that. He's very dramatic. Over dramatic at <laughs> times. Like you could have had this conversation in storybook very easily. I also wonder... Or at the well. Weren't there a well previously in another episode? Yeah, there, they go to the wishing well. Could have had that conversation right there. They definitely could have. I think that he thought that if he showed her more cracks in, in the real story sure. in the real life that she would be more willing to accept the truth and he's sure she should be ready to accept the truth at this point and it's really interesting to me that part of the reason i mean it is it is crazy to ask someone to believe this though she has seen some weird stuff except <laughs> three times she's seen three weird things what are the three things no she has three people who now oh, share the same yes. delusion this the same shared delusion is weird unfortunately both of those people jefferson and well i guess jefferson jefferson spoken to henry jefferson talks about the book like he i think emma emma's in her brain is rationalizing they must have talked to henry and my 10 year old son was able to convince these grown men <laughs> that this delusion is real well she thinks both of those men are crazy sure which i mean yes a shared delusion is i I don't know how you rationalize that. Three people. It's like when three people have the same dream. Like, that's not normal. Nope. It's not normal. Not at all. But I think the thing that's really interesting is part of the reason that she doesn't want to believe is that she doesn't want the responsibility of what happens if it's true. Which is the same thing with that. She doesn't really want the responsibility of being a mother. I think she does want that now. She's ready to accept it. I think she wants to be with Henry. I don't really want, think that she wants to be a mother. Those Why do you are, think that? 
Because she's always skirted from responsibility. Like, I think it's easier for her to do the role of, like, the cool aunt, which is kind of what she's been mm. playing right now, and let Regina do the hard things. As opposed, She doesn't really have to do the hard, difficult things of a mother right now. She gets to be, like, the secondary cool mom. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take, you know, you have to win the court case, you have to prove why she's wrong, you have to go through a lot of hard things, and then you have to be the one who's going to tell Henry to do all the things that he may not want to do. That's I, true. It's never something she's really had to do. And then she'd have to, like be worried about somebody else. She typically, before Storybrooke, didn't keep roots. That's what she's always said. It's true. Well, and now she's being asked to care about everyone that lives in Storybrooke and make sure that they're all happy. <laughs> it's a lot to ask. Not as much to ask as what poor little Pinocchio is asked to, to shoulder. He's asked to shoulder all of that and also take care of a baby when he's seven years old. So... I'm going to finish up my point with sure. Emma, which is what Regina says in the previous episode. You can't see the truth because of what you believe. And mm -hmm. basically, August says the same thing. Your denial is so strong that you're just unwilling to consider that maybe we're all right. Which is truthfully her point. And then she even goes so far as to say, well, if it is true, you're all screwed. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay, cool. This is where we're at right now. Well, and her denial is so strong that she can't even see that he's turning into wood. Yep. Which, I think... She says something like that to Henry at some point. That, like, I can't be your mom. Like, there's no way this is true. Mm. Right when they meet, and then, he, and then he, like, you know, explains it. She's like, crap. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. August, a.k.a. Pinocchio. His... He gets a raw deal in this situation. He really does. There is no logical reason to expect... How old is he? Eight? Let's seven. say seven, seven. A seven-year-old boy who was made of wood. So he's really not been alive. Has he been alive for seven years? Is that what we're saying? Or is he just a seven-year-old boy now? That's a good question. I do not know. He, I mean, he, he turned into a seven-year-old real boy. Sure. Unclear how long he was Pinocchio, the wooden toy. And he's expected to care for a baby in a new land by himself. And not just care for a baby, which would be hard enough yeah. for a seven-year-old to do. But also, make sure that she believes that she's the savior and is able to break the curse when she turns 28. No pressure. No pressure. Also, on top of that, the play here by Geppetto didn't even make sense. It didn't. I, I respect that he was stone cold enough to say, I will protect my child at all costs. I actually appreciate that. What I don't get is that how is it any different to send him away than it is to both of you just be cursed together? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because his concern is when we are cursed, will Pinocchio turn back into wood? Very real concern. Because we're going to a place that doesn't have magic. Reasonable. Well, they don't actually know they're going anywhere. They just know that there's a curse coming. Oh, interesting. They, they haven't been told they're taking And that the wardrobe anywhere. will send them somewhere. Safe. Safe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know why he assumes that the wardrobe will send him... I don't know. It's very confusing. His assumption, my guess, is that his assumption is that wherever they're going, he must stay a real boy. But that assumption has no merit. It's yeah. just a pure it guess. doesn't mean anything. And I think the thing that's really annoying, <laughs> Blue, when she grants him real boyness, says that he must be brave, truthful, and unselfish. Which is a fine advice to give. But it's a really tough condition to give to a seven-year-old boy. Or anyone. Or anyone. Especially a boy who you know just went to an island full of pleasures and he succumbed to many of them. And I don't... It was surely in her power to turn him into a real boy without these conditions. It is the type of 
condition that one would expect if they made a deal with the Dark One. Yeah. It isn't the type of condition you should be getting with an alleged good fairy. Like, why did it have the strings attached? And I use that pun intentionally because there was no need to, to risk it like this. Like, if you were willing to turn him into a real boy, just let him be a real boy. And he's terrified. Like, when she shows up at their house when they're fixing the clock to tell them about the curse, and he had just put Jiminy Cricket into the clock, which is a little serial bit of a serial killer, killer. Move, Like, torturing animals. I don't know. And they, they all sort of, like, laugh about it. And Jiminy Cricket's like, it's fine. Uh, but Pinocchio's terrified when Blue shows up, and he was like, I didn't mean to be bad. Which means... I took that as, what else did you do? Because I don't think... Because doesn't Geppetto say something like, we talked about this? Mm. So it's not like this is the first time he's done things like this. Like, he's mischievous by nature. Yeah. I, that is... I, it's just way too much to put on this poor little boy's shoulder. And I was trying to think if I was being unfair. Like, remember how harsh I was on Hansel when he just couldn't not eat the cupcakes. Not eating a cupcake to retrieve an apple... Is way different. <laughs> like, that seems like a reasonable ask. It's like, little boy, in the five next five minutes, don't eat anything. And Pinocchio's ask is, please, for 28 years, <laughs> <laughs> protect and raise this child and let her know that she's the savior. If Pinocchio were, like, 16, the ask is more reasonable. Of course. Because then at least he both can have a job and do things and, like, learn. It's still difficult, but, like, okay, fair point. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the actions that everyone besides Geppetto took. I understand why Geppetto did what he did. That actually made sense, even if it was kind of wrong. And he bullies Archie, or, um, yeah, Archie, Jiminy, into keeping his mouth shut, which was stupid, but Jiminy's a weak man. I don't get blue in this one. I also don't get our, uh, Geppetto's second choice. When he learns that Snow is giving birth... And the the baby, like, that Snow and the baby need to go through. He still insists that Pinocchio go through. Which is cold-hearted. Like, how on earth is this going to happen? You think your seven-year-old is going to be able to take care of this baby. And two, part of the original plan that made sense to me was that Snow would be there to take care of Pinocchio. Yeah, Snow <laughs> would be the mother to both children. Right, but now... Just two children are going to take care of themselves. I don't think it was a good play. I, I also think there was a part of him that was fatalistic in that we're all going to die. So the only thing I care about is making sure my son doesn't die. Mm, interesting. It is a dark curse from the evil queen. So Although Blue does know, which I thought was surprising. I'm not sure how she learned that there is a savior. Like, yeah. How did she learn about that? Actually... Maybe Rumpelstiltskin told her. Probably. Or sub had he, he made sure, made sure that it was known information. So that this could all occur. Mm -hmm. uh, but based on that information, people should understand that they're not going to die during this curse if the Savior is going to save all of them. Well, they could... Maybe, right? Like, some people might end up dying and then you're able to save the majority. I mean, this is a land where people die pretty frequently. Here's the thing I don't really understand. A, Blue, learn how to lie. Just tell Geppetto that the magic only works for those who are blood descendants of the Savior. Well, he convinces her to lie to Snow, so why can't she just lie to him? Yep, so that would have been the first thing I would have sent. Or, and this is a, would have been a cold blooded thing, just double-cross him. Mm. Wait until it's close to the end, he goes to put in Pinocchio, and it's like, oops, sorry, we didn't have a choice. I can't believe that she flies in, tells him about this, 
And then it's just like, you're going to tell Snow? I got to go. Bye. You trusted the man who's already bullied you into doing the thing you didn't want to do to just do the right thing? I, I thought when I when I rewatched it, I thought that he, she told him and then went to go tell Snow and he sent Pinocchio through before. But it's even dumber than that. <laughs> I'm not sure if Blue is evil or incompetent. And at this point, I'm leaning towards I still don't know. Yeah. She's really dumb at this. Very suspicious. If this were Rumpelstiltskin engineering events, he would have had a, he would have double-crossed him 100%. He would have said, you're going to do this. Or even Regina would have figured out to double-cross him here. I mean, yes. This is dumb. This is just a dumb play by Blue. I have no idea why she does this. It, you're expecting Geppetto to do the right thing. And he's already shown you he's not going to do the right thing. He's not going to do it. He's no. not going to do the right thing. And to his defense... He is only concerned about protecting his son. It's the same thing Regina would do with Henry. It's the same thing Rumpel would do with Bay. It's probably the same thing that Emma would do with Henry, to be quite honest, because you protect your son. I just don't get why they left that in his hands. That's true. The, take that take that decision away from him. Send the three of them through. Okay, it's only going to be two because of the baby. One of you's got to go through. I also thought it was interesting when Pinocchio arrives in the real world, there's kind of like a pulse, like the true love pulse, which could just be a magical pulse, as you said. It looks very much like the true love pulse. And it's possible that that was an act of true love. Like, Geppetto put Pinocchio into the wardrobe to save him. And the same is true of David. They gave up their David was absolutely an act of true love. The man fought one-handed to and died, basically. And on multiple levels, actually, an act of true love between him and Emma for... But also, like, I mean, I don't know if one can have true love for an entire realm, but they he gave up the thing that was most important to him to save everyone. I 100% think that can be a true thing because he is willing to sacrifice his own happiness to yes. protect the realm. So yeah. that absolutely could have been there. What a princely action. He's charming. <laughs> or king? Why do we never call him king? He wouldn't be king. Snow's oh, the queen. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And but though she only well, although Regina gets to be the queen, even though she's not. She gave herself a promotion. <laughs> she gave herself a promotion. I see. Um, I want to talk about Emma real quick. We may want to save Emma for the end because I think we're going to argue a little bit about Emma. Okay. Well. Though, is there anyone else you want to talk about before we get to Emma? There's not. Okay. One. I am so tired of her whining about gold and then every other episode. I need your help. Everyone does that. True. 100% <laughs> true. They all complain about how the dark one is a scourge. And then the moment they get into trouble, we need to go see the dark one. You made these deals. Like, stop being Regina and blaming everyone else for your mistakes. You knew the kind of man that he was. If you know who he is, you know who he is. It's true. Second, not realizing that it's kind of strange that three people have the same delusion. Your superpower, that superpower is not a thing. Because she clearly just believes what she wants to believe more so than her little lie detector. Yeah, it's it's pr- it's pretty bad. Although it is reasonable that she went to gold. She she didn't, she, she did go to gold for help. I'm not denying that. But she also was offering to hire him as her lawyer. Sure. And she is currently the only lawyer that we know of in this town, except for uh, King George Spencer. Spencer, yep. Who is the... Assistant dist- district attorney? Dist- yes, which could not represent her in a case like this. No, but could you go to him for legal advice. You and could then go He could probably refer a lawyer. Yes. Probably refer to gold. The many lawyers that live many in Storybrooke. Many lawyers that live in this town. Um, this is going a little bit outside of the story. I, and you and I disagree on this, I just don't love the way Jennifer Morrison plays her sad anger. It's the exact same emotion every single time. Angry pouty face. 
An emotion and a face are not the same thing. They are with her. And don't people cry the same? Yeah, but it's always the same. Like, we can watch multiple episodes of Mary Margaret and her tears are very different. There's tears for sadness when she's losing Emma, as opposed to the tears when David doesn't believe her, as opposed to the tears of why are you doing this to Regina ruin my life? Those are three separate emotions when she's all going to cry and you know exactly how she feels. Jennifer Morrison's Emma is the exact same. She's as wooden as Pinocchio at times. Okay, here's here's my defense, which we've talked about before. She obviously, she, Emma, as a person, is bad at emoting. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason that the emotion looks the same is because it's always angry sad. Because she's angry that she's upset. And that's what we see. And never see any other type of emotion. Well, because every time she gets emotional, she's mad that she's emotional. Oh. And we never see, like, like she's supposed to be overwhelmed that the town needs her to be a savior. I thought she very convincingly portrayed that. As angry sad. Yeah. She doesn't want the responsibility. But she looks angry sad, not overwhelmed. There's a very big difference between those two emotions, in my opinion. She seemed very overwhelmed to me. In the dialogue, I agree with you. The way that her face reacts, I disagree. She looks angry sad. Just like how she looked when she caught Graham sneaking out of the window. It looks the exact same. I thought she looked disappointed when she looked at Graham. It looked angry sad. (laughs) It looks the same every single time. Also... The kidnapping? Yeah, that was a really bad... I, it, it, especially, she, like, asks him, do you want to live with me? So she, if he had said no, I think she would have let mm-hmm. him get out of the car. Okay. But she doesn't ask, do you want to leave Storybrooke right now? <laughs> and then just drives away. So she, like, sort of asks for consent, but not really. Henry is old enough to have a voice in this situation. He's not three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's also, it's tough to ask him because you're asking him to choose between his moms. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a tough position to put a kid in. But also, like, everything had been going her way. Like, this is falling apart around Regina. And now you've just given any logical judge or lawyer be like, well, you engaged in kidnapping. We can't trust you. Even if we can't trust her, we definitely can't trust you because you were willing to kidnap your son. Desperate souls. I mean, when the Dark One refuses your deal, you're a really desperate soul. All right, fair enough. But yeah, really bad choice. Like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't think she has clearly thought through... She This is something that Emma would do, which is to run. Sure. But she did not think through what it would mean to be running with a 10-year-old. And also, she's just leaving Mary Margaret. She's leaving all of... You know, whatever friend... Like, this is just, like, such a... It's a cowardly move, to be quite honest. It's very cowardly. It's not her true nature, usually. I think, in a little bit in her defense, I she feels very desperate, and the reason that she feels so desperate, this woman maybe kidnapped someone so that she could frame someone else. This woman is insane. And she feels like the law is not going to be on her side to make this happen. Hmm. Okay. But, I mean, I it's a bad choice. Yeah. But if she's truly worried about Henry's safety, maybe it's what I would do. I don't know. All right. But I, just, I, don't, I don't know that there's evidence to support that Regina would hurt Henry. There's no evidence to support. I mean, she'll hurt Henry psychologically. Yes. But I don't think we've ever seen anything where she would, like, you know, lock 
um, Henry in a dungeon or something like that. Like, she's never really... Even though I thought in maybe the early episode she would. Mm -hmm. As we've learned, she actually does care about Henry. Mm -hmm. She does care about him a lot. I would say that was kind of the last thing I need to talk about. We didn't talk about August coming back to talk to Marco at the end. Oh, yes. Well, I was going to talk about that later, but sure. We can talk about that now. Um, Which I thought was very sweet. Uh, he, he, He sort of took Mr. Gold's advice and went to spend time with his father. I think that was Gold's plan. Really? 100%. Hmm. I think he both wanted to twist the knife, and I think he also saw an opportunity to reunite a father mm. with a son. That's really nice. Yeah. That's nice. And I love how he... I love it that it's the same clock, and he tells his father how to fix it this time. In a nice little inverse mm-hmm. of the first time. Yeah, and it's the clock that Gold had, so he obviously uh-huh. wanted Marco to have the clock to be fixing. Yes. And he knew... you know He doesn't say he needs it rushed, so mm-hmm. it's obviously... I think that's the whole thing. It's intent for... That makes sense. August that's to finally really make sweet. the right thing. Yeah, because see, sometimes Rumpelstiltskin's a nice person. Yeah, he is. <laughs> his his he's more justified in his actions than most people want to accept. Okay, let's talk about favorite moments. That was my favorite moment in the episode. That was one of my favorite. That was that was that was the tie. I love the re- re- reunion. Plus the fact that like it was just very heartfelt, and he says the it would be enough for me if I had a son like yeah. that. I think you really like. Okay, fair enough. I also. Regina failing at seduction was pretty funny <laughs> only because I just believe that's probably the first time a man in that situation has probably ever turned her down. Like it was very clear what she was going for. She leaned in and he was just like, oh no. And she looked shocked. She looked very shocked. Which I get. She's a very beautiful woman. I'm sure not many men have ever told from both just who she is and what she looks like. She's probably never been told no before. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> Most ridiculous. I had a hard time with this one. I didn't. Um, Geppetto bullying Blue, like from what we know about Blue or what we should know about Blue as a person, it that he should not have been able to do that. Like that shouldn't have been able to occur. Yes. I, I agree with you that even if she felt like he wasn't going to be reasonable, she had too many tools at her disposal to just accept the fact that he was going to bully her. However, it was way more ridiculous for her to fly in and say, here's the critical thing that we need. And person who's already bullied me, I'm going to trust that you're going to tell the royals. It's bad. I got to go somewhere else. I'm not going to just make a quick pit stop to go tell like Charming and Snow, hey, by the way, just in case she tries to screw you over because he's already tried to bully us into do this. Also, I don't understand. Like, what preparations is she making? Like, what are they going to do? Because she's actually evil. (laughs) (laughs) Or she's just incompetent at her job. Who's your loser of the episode? Ties. I also have a tie. There are favorite sparring partners, Regina and Emma. Oh. Two big losses, in my opinion. Regina, mm. because the world is falling down around mm. her, and because Emma both can't accept that she is the savior and kidnaps her son and loses any chance of winning a legal battle. That's a really good one. Um, I, I have Regina as well. I I think she... Three L's in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, From her, people who normally don't challenge her, like Mary Margaret and Henry delivered the losses to her. Although, Emma still doesn't believe, <laughs> even though she was shown physical evidence that it that she should. Uh, my other loser is August, sort of. Really? I think that, that the, the moment with his father is very beautiful, and I think that that's nice, but he has... I mean, he is turning into wood. Mm -hmm. He's going to die. And the thing that he needed to do 
to make that happen is not going to happen. He did not convince Emma, and she's not going to believe him now, no matter what he does. And Interesting. we didn't talk about the scene in the orphanage when he he does want to protect Emma and he's trying to fix her crib. And then some kid's like, yo, you want to leave? And he's like, can I take Emma? And the kid's like, nah. And he's like, all right. And then he just leaves. Yeah. He bad. I mean, not, not a choice that I wouldn't expect a seven year old to make, but rough. He's not a weak man, but he is a seven year old boy who falls to temptation. And that temptation is I get to escape probably an abusive relationship with this step or foster parent. Yeah. So you can understand why he takes, of course, but he just left the baby that he has sworn to protect yep. with that man. Yep. Nope. Not good. I had him in the middle because I thought he got a very big victory at the end. He did. But the winner of this episode is very clearly Geppetto to me. Oh, interesting. I have no winner at all. Oh, see, the winner to me. So in the Enchanted Forest, Geppetto gets like a David type win. Mm-hmm. What he does is wrong, but he gets what he needed, which is I protected my son by That's sending true. him through the That's forest. True. And then Marco reuniting with his son even if he doesn't know it Mm. i don't know you can top that in this episode yeah i think that's fair i i thought about it for a while and i could not come up with a winner yeah i just couldn't come up with one i just felt i I, you make a very good point about geppetto you're right you got exactly what he wanted it wasn't a good thing it was kind of like when regina won the episode for casting the curse i actually (laughs) i would have had a runner-up in mary margaret Oh yeah, that was really good. Because Standing she, up to the Gina. first thing you said was, "Oh, look at her becoming a little bit like Snow White," mm-hmm. which is like Mary Margaret's finding who she is yeah. once again. I, I would have made her my runner-up, so those would have been my two. Okay, those are good. So next week we're gonna watch episode twenty-one, which is an apple red as blood. It's the penultimate episode of the season. What are you looking forward to? Well, we're here now, so it means I, I kind of count these as one and two, the final two episodes, because mm-hmm. they feel like two-parters. This is the moment we've been waiting for. You know, is the curse has got to be close to being broken. Is Emma going to realize who she is? What is going to happen with this kidnapping deal? They're all of the questions that we've had. Is It's time to start getting them answered. So I'm looking forward to literally everything. I, yeah, agreed. Uh, I also, is Emma, like, what's going to happen with Henry? Is she really going to take him? Obviously, he's going to be really upset about this. <laughs> Uh, for multiple reasons. Because she's leaving. Like, he wants her to break the curse. And if they leave, that's not that's not going to happen. He does make the point, though, when she says, do you want to live with me? And he says more than anything. So he may not be that upset because he is getting to live with who that's he true. Yeah, wants. Uh, and also, knowing the title of the next episode, we saw that apple a while ago. And we're finally going to see what she wants it for. The, well, we saw that apple with the queen. Sorry? We saw that apple with the queen in the Enchanted right. Forest. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to find out what... I mean, I think we all kind of know the, the classic story. Sure. Yeah. No, that's... Because uh, at this point, back in the Enchanted Forest, the last we saw of Snow and Charming was that Charming had been taken by George, mm-hmm. and we have no idea where Snow is at this point. That's right. But we know from the opening part of the pilot that she's under a sleeping curse. She is... Under a sleeping curse. So that should probably be our last flashback of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please be sure to join us next week for season one, episode 21, and Apple Red as Blood. We'll see you next time.